0: Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm your host, Dre, joined as always by my co-host, Paul. Hello, everybody. How's it going today? Great.
1: Anything wild or exciting happen to you this week? Uh, this week? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of stuff happening. Uh, today, in particular, we had, uh, um, we're had. we going to talk about rehab here later on. And it mm-hmm. just so happened that today we had a, a couple of uh, clients, patients, individuals, have some breakthroughs on the rehab, so it's really oh, okay. exciting watching watching their progress. It's been about a two two week journey for both of them, and it, it was uh, uh, very exciting for them to watch them uh, see things that they've been told by others that they couldn't do, and then watch them do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So it was it's pretty fun.
0: Oh, good. Um,
1: I had something exciting happen to
0: me actually the other day. If you want to know, I do. So. I almost got a dog <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and not on purpose. <laughs>
1: so this sounds like a great story. Yeah,
0: it was pretty crazy um, for the listeners. You might want to skip through this next five minutes if you want some information, because this is not going to be valuable. Um, but but it, anyways, might be, it might be entertaining. Yeah, it, might, it will be entertaining. <laughs> so like, so I, I go through my normal daily routine. Right. And I so I go to the sauna and I get out of the sauna and get all my stuff done. And I go home, right? And so I go home, and I go check my mail, and my mail is down like the block. I have to walk to it and unget it. And so I'm walking back, and this girl stops me. And she says, "Hey, have you seen a corgi running around? You know, the little doggy." Uh-huh. And I was like, "No, I haven't." And she said, um, "Well, if you have, I paid a dog walker to walk it, and it didn't. And she didn't bring it back." I'm like, dang, for real. Like, I thought this was a safe area, um, so or at least a trustworthy area. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy. I was like, well, I mean, I'll look around, but I just got home because I, I mean, I haven't been here, but I'll, I'll keep an eye out. And so I'm like, dang, that sucks because you know I love dogs. Oh, and just by the way, just for the listeners, actually, our dogs were the most loved in our last poll on Instagram. So it was dogs <laughs> and cats. Cats got, like, one or two votes, but dogs was the they, overwhelming. They knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they yeah. were the victor, the victors for sure. Um, but anyways, I said, I'll keep an eye out, and we'll see what happens. And I'm like, I'm not going to find the dog probably, right? Like, I've never found anyone's dog in my life. Um, and so I go upstairs, and I get to my apartment, and I open the door. And next thing you, you know, so I keep my door unlocked. I so I keep my door unlocked, and thankfully nobody knows my address. There's nothing <laughs> too valuable in there other than my bike, um, and I, and so I open the door, and next thing you know, there's a little corgi right there inside, in, inside my apartment, <laughs> inside my apartment, and it scared the crap out of me because it ran. So like, the dog
1: walker walked him back and put him in in your my
0: place? in my place. Yeah, yeah, craziest thing I've never had this happen ever. And so, like, it scared the crap out of me because it was literally right by the door <laughs> when I opened it. So there's, like, um, when I get upstairs, I go into the hallway, and there's a door, and it opens to my apartment and my neighbor's apartment, and then I go through my door. And it ran into the hallway. So it was like a bullet as soon as I opened the door. and I And so my greatest fear is spiders, and I thought I was getting attacked. And so <laughs> this would be – this is the way to, like – for me to have a heart attack because it shot like a bullet. And, you know, those things are so small, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, and it was too fast for me to see. And so <laughs> I turned around, and I was like, okay, there it is. And so I had to get it back into my apartment because I didn't want it mm-hmm. to, like, take it outside and it run around because mm-hmm. I don't have a leash. Mm-hmm.
1: Um are, are you sure she didn't, like, put it in there and is trying to meet you? Well,
0: yep. So hold on. You got to listen to the rest oh, of the oh, story. Boy. Um And so <laughs> – and so I get it. I get the dog back into my apartment. and I'm like, all right, well, I'm, yeah, I got to go find this lady. So I go out and she's in the building next to me. So I go out and I'm like, hey, I found your dog. And I'm like, this lady's going to think that I stole her dog. Right. And I was like, I'm not the dog walker. She should know that. Um, and so I'm like, right, well, I just hope she doesn't think I stole it. So she was like, okay. And she, I was like, well, it's in my apartment because I didn't want to bring it. And so you know so you know, this whole like this whole situation, I'm like, she's gonna think I'm gonna try to like do
1: something bad that's, to that's her. That's a great line, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean it worked. <laughs> so Lovely. um um she came she came back to my apartment and I'm like, I you know, your dog's in here. And so I'm like, I leave my door unlocked and I opened it, and there the dog was. I was like, come here. <laughs> And so, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And so, she actually had the same apartment number as me, just in the in the, the building next mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the dog walker got messed up, is because she went up there okay. and she left. She leaves her door unlocked for the dog walker. I'm guessing um, to put it in. I think that's what happened. So. <laughs> that was my craziness.
1: We'll have to stay tuned to future episodes to see how this goes if this is yeah. like a, a connection made. Well, I know, hope I, I sort of hope things.
0: not honestly because <laughs> I don't want people in and out of my apartment obviously. <laughs> well, so, but yeah, you have already
1: met her now, and, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um I don't need a dog though. Everyone was like a a friend of mine was like, "Well, you should connect with her so that now you can like have a dog in a sense." Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I, I can't. So <laughs> it was, that was my excitement this week. It was some crazy stuff. Oh, you, can't, you can't to make that up. That's pretty I cool. I can't. No, it was crazy. I have a picture of it. I'll post it on our media when, when this goes. Yeah. Um, it'll be in the video. I have a picture <laughs> of the dog. So all right, let's get into, oh, no, we have to do Cricket's Joke. I'm sorry if this wasn't enough entertainment for you. Um, why do bees have sticky hair? um mm, i don't know because i use a honeycomb yeah, a that's nice not nearly thing. as good as the others yeah it was a nice uh it was a nice little honey joke for you since you've sure. been binging on it lately. <laughs> honey's good <laughs> yeah it is good all right let's go into today's topic um listeners join us back now we'll give you some valuable information and um go from here so we're going to talk about injury prevention mm-hmm. um paul's hole's philosophy, really, on yeah. pretty much everything. It's what drew me here and draws a lot of people here. Yeah.
1: Well, let's, let's, we'll start with rehab, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To some people, rehab's a bad term. I mean, if you've gotten to the point where you're doing rehab, you don't get to do the fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you've gotten hurt, you get to go see the physician. The physician does the testing, gives you a diagnosis, gives you some medication, perhaps, or, or they send to you it was a referral to go, go get rehab. Traditionally, that's done by a, a physical therapist, but we're going to talk today. But there's a lot of a lot of people who, who provide rehab services. Regardless of where you go to get that rehab, you usually have a negative connotation or perception of rehab because you're like, I can't have fun anymore. This hurts. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all kinds of other things going on. So if you get yourself to that place, it's not fun. Yeah, I'd like to look at all these things that uh, we're going to talk about on the rehab side. What would happen if we actually reduced the risk of you getting hurt, Getting hurt, um, and we called it prehab? Mm-hmm. More, maybe we call this preventative stuff, and, and you build all this stuff up, you build some resiliency, and you don't get hurt in the first place. That, as you talked about earlier, is, is, is my philosophy of how to deal with sports performance, sports activities, and, and uh, strength conditioning, our training, all this kind of stuff. If we can incorporate ways uh, that would improve our performance and reduce our risk of injury, that sounds like a great win-win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So let's go into that. Then um, I want I want to talk about the prehab. So how do we prevent injuries? Then mm-hmm. what are well? So like, let's give some
1: ways to do that. Yeah. For your ways that you like. There's a lot of different ways out there, and they're mm-hmm. they're not um, uh, many of these things that uh, we're going to talk about. I didn't create them. They've mm-hmm. been around for a really long time. They're they're pretty basic. Yeah. The, the challenge is that most people don't like doing the basic things. Right. They don't like um, building a structure from the ground up. They like to start with painting the walls, and the foundation hasn't been made yet. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things to do is you ease into your activities. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been active for, uh, let's make up a number, for yeah. six weeks. Let's say you've been fit, something happened, and you've been out of, that consistent performance for six weeks, you're feeling better now, don't just jump right back into the activity that you were at six weeks ago because your body's not ready for it. Mm -hmm. Your brain is, you're excited for it, and your body feels rested, but that body part that kept you out isn't ready for it. So you gotta ease back into those things. If you haven't been doing activity for a period of time, whatever that period was, maybe you're just, you wanna start an activity, you haven't been active for a period of time, your ramp up time needs to be gradual it needs to be slow and you need to start getting some consistency so your body can build that resiliency up that would be number 1 ramp up mm-hmm. uh, intensity ramp up duration ease into things
0: yeah and so can you say what happens when people have gone too fast can you give some like examples of people you know running getting back into it too fast you know i mean i've done I, I've it i've got several examples so. just
1: from this week right? right fortunately you know the your your body's very uh, impressive it, mm-hmm. it's, it's very uh resilient in many ways that many people when they do make these mistakes, the first week of things they're like oh see paul i'm I'm fine right The second week they start to get a little tired see paul i 'm fine it doesn't hurt yet. That third, fourth, fifth week is where the injuries start happening. The overload really takes effect, and then you start getting to inmates but one of the examples from this week is a person who hasn 't been running mm-hmm. um would like to run has been building up some strength. Uh, uh, comes with a history of some anterior knee pain, some patellaton and stuff. Um, pain uh, in his kneecaps and his patellatendons got to zero. He's done that for a couple of weeks, and he got excited. He wanted to go on his first run. First run was how long? Five k, three miles. Oh, okay. <laughs> he went from zero to three miles. Mm. Now. The next day he comes in and, and he's all proud about that i ran three miles yesterday mm-hmm. i looked at him with like a deer in a headlight look like you did what <laughs> and i'm feeling fine i'm feeling fine mm-hmm. and, and he did he did um the second day after that run i'm talking to him he's like oh my goodness my legs are so sore i'm so tender i'm so well he just because he ramped it up too too right quick on those things many times you know if you do a a walk jog or you you know, a, lot, a lot of people look at these miles and they dive right into a 5k, you know, mm-hmm. three miles. Um, there are some people who are very fit that, and uh, I'll uh, say this tongue-in-cheek, won't even put their shoes on to go run a 5k. I mean, it, it's too short. I mean, why push up on my shoes on and just run three miles? Yeah. Um, other people look at three miles, and that's a really long space. But if you look at, as you're ramping in, um, sometimes using minutes, Right, let's go, let's go do something for ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then take a break and go through. Uh, you can't tolerate it for ten minutes. You know, let's do it for two minutes, thirty seconds, whatever, and then have a short break and then go back into it. So, doing some interval-based ramping up is a, a safe way of doing that. Um, same ways if you're trying to build your fitness, right? If you can't go out and run for thirty minutes straight, but you can run for five minutes straight, you'll run for five minutes, take a minute, two-minute break, recover. Maybe that's a walk. Repeat that until you get your duration you know, closer to where you want it to be. Um, if you're uh, looking at it from a fitness perspective, a rehab perspective, a preventative perspective, don't bite. Don't try to eat the whole elephant at once. Is what I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: with that, is there? Can you give me a like? Maybe something that you like to do when you or you like to have your athletes do when they do start to get back in it. Because I know like for me, like you said, you know, a 5K seems like almost a waste of time, um, which it's not. But is there like something that you like to do when, you know, you have someone go out for, let's say, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, slowly getting back into it to make it seem better for them?
1: Yeah, the the trick is getting them to get everybody understand where they're at in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, I, if I've got a marathoner, yeah. a veteran marathon runner, who's gotten some foot pain and had to take two weeks down, mm-hmm. well, we can push that a little further because uh, their fitness is higher. Their, yeah. their body is used to doing that. That same marathoner who had to sit out for two months. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't do that same intensity. So we've got to back that off by where they're at right now. If I've got somebody who isn't active, hasn't been active, they've had some uh, aches and pains, they don't know how to run. Yeah. They don't know what the form is supposed to be like. They don't, they just go out and do it. And you know, we've talked in previous podcasts about um, how silly I think that is. Right. And we do drills for every other activity, but we assume, we expect ourselves to be able to run well mm-hmm. without trying to perfect those things. And so, depending on where they're at in that, get them to see that, get them to understand that, you know, you're, Cardiovascular fitness is going to last three minutes, right. so let's go run for two. Mm-hmm. Your car, your muscular endurance is going to last for four minutes, so let's go run for three, and, and then repeat those pieces. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's some things that, that we'll look at, and some people are better at dealing with time based intervals. Mm-hmm. Some people are better at dealing with distance based intervals. Um, give them something to think about, and. and and help them understand where they're at in that moment, how we're going to progress this, and then at the same time, what they should be feeling. Mm-hmm. right? So we try to guess what these intervals should be like or how we're going to ramp it up. And, and maybe I ask this person to go run 10 minutes, but at minute seven, they start to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. At minute seven, they start to feel a, a discomfort. I need to be able to teach them that at minute six point six. Uh, minutes and 59 seconds they needed to back off before yeah. they felt that discomfort and so helping them read their body helping them understand what's going on helping them see where they're really at in that moment letting them know what the path is going to look like hey, if we can run 10 minutes and, and no discomfort and there's no pain or discomfort the next day well we're going to bump this up by whatever percentage and mm-hmm. you know a good rule of thumb is that 10% per week uh, growth
0: okay 10% per week pretty I like that um and so then my question is for the listeners just so they can hear it what's the risk if we do um go go too fast into it or yeah. or we fit said let's say you
1: give me a 10 minute run and i do 20 what's my risk in, yeah, involved it, so in that so the longer you're on it and the longer you're not used to doing those sort of things the more likely you are to be sore mm-hmm. right sometimes uh, I, i've had athletes um, where I've told them 10 minutes and they've gone 20 mm-hmm. and I'm holding my breath, waiting for the next day to see what's going to happen. And it, if nothing happened, then great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it's a risk of, um, uh, it's a risk reward scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, can, uh, if we push too hard, if we get too much stress on the, the structures, whatever we're worried about or whatever we're fixing or whatever we're trying to put that stuff on, uh, if it doesn't surpass, if it doesn't, overload the structure nothing bad is going to happen Mm -hmm. but you're not really going to know that until you build stuff up right i I tell people kind of tongue and joke that uh, um i'm competitive most people that i deal with are competitive Mm -hmm. i don't if we're playing cards i don't want to win the game i want to win every hand right Mm -hmm. so the only way i'm going to win every hand is if i stack the deck yeah so if we're playing cards make sure i got my my sleeves rolled up you know not not cheating there because in cards if you stack the deck that's called cheating right Mm -hmm. in life stacking your deck so we win every round we win every situation that's called being smart yeah and so if we have a system in place if we're relatively conservative about how we're doing we reduce those risks and then we win all those going through okay and anytime i'm progressing somebody i want them to look back That's us say we we have a, a two-week block i want them to look back on that two weeks and go i could have gone harder i mm-hmm. could have gone faster i could have Increase the rate of intensity a little faster. Mm-hmm. That's a positive. Yeah, and they're feeling good there. Versus if we went too hard or we went too fast, that same two week they're looking back like, oh, I'm just kind of sore. I probably shouldn't have." And they have this negative perception going back. Anytime we're dealing with rehab, it's not just a physical thing that we're dealing with. There's some emotional baggage that goes with it. There's some mental um, um, challenges that go with it. And so, the more wins we can give people in this process, the better off they are.
0: Yeah. And does that um, do anything for you? Then does that like does that allow you to know anything from those successes that they keep having? Like, I mean, the obvious would be that they're healing, but does it give you anything else? I'm just curious.
1: Well, there's a. It depends on whether I'm also coaching them or not, right? Yeah. So it depends on the. My level of touch with them. Mm-hmm. If I've got an athlete that I'm coaching, mm-hmm. and they've gotten uh, something's happened, right? So they've got they pulled a muscle, or they've uh, gotten stiff, or they gotten sore. Something happened to them. And unfortunately, so you know, so far, I mean, we're we're coming up on what is this year eight of, of PXP endurance. Mm-hmm. So far in those, we haven't had uh, too many situa- We haven't had any situations where the training has created an injury. Mm-hmm. We've had athletes get hurt. Right. Um, we've got some pickup all examples. We've got mm-hmm. some other things that happen there. Um, but with the athletes that I'm coaching as they're going through it, it gives me an insight into how their brains work. Right. So um, through the coaching side, I kind of know their challenges, I know their expectations, how much they push themselves, and I can use that in the rehab side. If I've got somebody that I don't have that relationship with, it helps me understand where they're at as I build the fitness mm-hmm. off that injury, right? So okay. there's, there's a bunch of different pieces. I got you, a bunch of different pieces. I want to give people, here's your injury, here's your fitness, here's how we should progress it, or here's a way to progress it. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a, a way of stacking your deck so that you're successful to progress it. There's the physical side, and the physical side is, is pretty straightforward. I mean, your body's gonna heal at a certain rate, pretty much, you, you need a certain amount of recovery. You know, there's some variations in there, but it's pretty, pretty standard. Okay. The other things, the, the variables, are how they perceive it. Yeah. You know, Their, their confidence, um, how driven are they, how motivated, how, how well they'll pay attention to details. That's what it gives me insight into. And then if I've got someone who, who isn't able to pay a whole lot of attention to detail, I've got to then give them the detail. Mm-hmm. If I've got somebody who pays way too much attention to detail, I've got to get them to see the bigger picture.
0: I got you, awesome. Okay, And then. So, are there any injuries or issues um, that you see the most of, or any that you want to talk about, really?
1: Yeah, the ones I see the most of are usually are back injuries. Um, okay, and and I, I see most of those because if we look at the rehab world in general, that's some of the most challenging rehabs to do, mm-hmm. and most people don't like to do back rehabs. Yeah, um, they they there's a lot of different variables going on it's not like you've got an elbow where the joint moves front to back mm-hmm. it moves one one maybe two planes the back you've got multiple planes you got a bunch of different uh, muscles big muscles small muscles you have got all kinds of torques and forces going on that some people just don't want to dig down into that that level of detail mm-hmm. i love it i love it be- and the main reason i love it i don't like people having back pain but i like it because it uh my brain gets to work okay I get to dig in and, and you know, do some critical thinking and help people understand what's going on and why it's going on and um, it's just a fun process
0: gotcha and I'm actually surprised by that answer I didn't know that would be the answer um, why why is that why are back injuries so high
1: I guess in here well they come we, we don't get back injuries in here right, right what, okay. what happens is that uh, most of your ankle sprains and your tendonitis, you know, tendinitis patellitis, that kind of stuff. Most people, you can see uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And, okay. And they're going to get better pretty much no matter what you do with them, right? Mm-hmm. There's a few that linger around, but they're pretty easy to deal with. Okay. The back injuries, those usually become, usually become very chronic. They, their pain's been with them for a long period of time. and And what tends to happen is that they've been to several different providers. They've gotten some relief when they're there as soon as they stop going it it flares back up and they haven't really fixed the cause mm-hmm. and then word of mouth goes around um, hey I saw Paul and, and my back doesn't hurt anymore and so you know friends of friends tell people about that and that's that tends to be the rehabs that that come in um, the the ones that are the the tendonitis and the small things those usually aren't word of mouth where you're really searching out from your friends and your buddies hey how'd you make your Achilles tendonitis better. Mm -hmm. Um, We do get a a fair share of plantar fasciitis. Those turn chronic. We do get get some shoulder uh, tendonitis that tends to go the same way. That just because those three areas tend to turn chronic and, you know, people are looking for ways to fix the causes and not just treat the symptoms. I got you.
0: And then so what are some ways that we can do, um, like what are some things that we can do to prevent these um, injuries?
1: Yeah. Um, And it's going to sound like a broken record on this. Work on your mechanics, work on making sure the muscles are are really working, the ones that you think are really working. Uh, Get that motor firing sequence uh, activated. Make sure that you are getting the little muscles that are are supposed to stabilize active, Mm -hmm. make sure they are stabilizing, uh, and then build in. And usually, if I've got a a, a new client coming and a new rehab coming in, that's where we start. And Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, I love the. I'm going to call them the simple rehabs. They're not all they're not always simple, but the the ankles and the, um, you know, the the basic sprained knees, the, the um, that type of thing. I love those. We start those at a similar places as well. But these complicated cases, when they come in, we got to go back and, and get them to actually. Can they stabilize their lower abs? Can they get their glutes to fire before their hamstrings? Can they get all the things that we've talked about in the performance side? Just get those things to work in the rehab side so that they can then get to a performance.
0: Gotcha. And so are there any recovery practices or rehab practices that you might like more than others? And I don't mean like the ones that you just mentioned that with activating muscles and whatnot. I'm talking about like ice baths, yoga, mm-hmm. stretching. Um, I, well, I guess yoga is a form of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any practices that you like with that? Yeah.
1: And so you know, we started this out by talking about some of the perceptions of, of rehab and yeah uh, that side of the world if and then we turn it into the preventative side we want to do that yeah mm-hmm. um, this is just a continuation of that conversation if if you've had a really hard run mm-hmm. you've been on your legs for a while anything you can do to get the inflammation out of there to mm-hmm. help them recover you have got recovery boots you've got cold bath you know you can go stand in the shower and, yeah. and freeze a little bit there uh, I don't, you can you can get I think your people tub. That do that are crazy <laughs> you can get your you can fill up your tub and kind of sit in it uh, mm-hmm. and, and have cooler temperatures. Um, you know, this has taken me back, you know, quite uh, quite a number of years now. But in college athletics, my cross country and my track teams, as soon as they get done with practice, uh, we inc- uh, I'll use the word encourage them to come in and get into cold whirlpools. And we we started out in the, in, the, in camp in in August there as they coming back, and we'd we'd put it at like sixty five degrees, and mm-hmm. so they go stand at sixty five degrees water in, in the whirlpool and they'd be in there for about eight to 10 minutes and they'd get out and you know they'd just move around after about a month i'd, I'd start watching there and i'd see my ice machine would be empty at, at the end of uh, end of the day end of the, the practice and stuff i'd be like what's going on mm-hmm. and they would be trying to get the water colder and colder and colder because they'd acclimate to it that mm-hmm. 65 didn't feel cold anymore yeah and so they'd get it down in the 40s and i'm like hold on guys yeah <laughs> hold on don't make it too cold but you want to have you know, some sort of post-workout recovery, whatever that is, right? Okay. Um, stretching uh, could be in, in terms of yoga. It could just be some linear static stretching. Uh, having a, a cool down, and mm-hmm. let your body adapt, uh, getting some recovery boots, uh, stretching, foam rolling, um, getting a massage. Yeah. You know, massage is everything from recovery to, to rehab. Um, any of those things are going to be helpful. Absolutely. Are there
0: any, um, injury preventative workouts that you like, um, that you might want to highlight? I don't know. Like if you want to talk about, um, getting on those dumb BOSU
1: balls and doing stuff <laughs> or what? Yeah. So, so if, if, you know, a lot of this is going to maybe scare some people, uh, from attending some of our strength classes, maybe it's going to encourage people. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but in, in all of our classes, the first 10 to 15 minutes is really working on the core. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a, a little dynamic warm up, using the body into it. We go work on the stability muscles, getting those. So that should be a part of everybody's routine, uh, no matter what you're doing. Getting your core to actually function and stabilize. Mm-hmm. Then we go into some sort of balance activity. Okay, single leg stability is really important for pretty much every activity you do. You know, if you're on a stable surface, you can progress that. You know, eyes open, eyes closed. You can make your uh, uh, surface that you're standing on less stable. You can stand on a cushion. You can stand on a pillow. I mean, all kinds of different things that, that make it harder. You can use the Bosu balls. You can use the flat side of the, ball, of the Bosu ball. You can turn it over and stand, you know, with the uh, round side down. Uh, however you want to progress your balance and stability in those places. Mm-hmm. But those are, you know, to answer your question directly, those two areas is pretty much what I would encourage everybody to incorporate into your daily workout or at least multiple times a week. Yeah. Uh, workout. And then from there, uh, making sure that at the end of your workouts that you're taking the time to take care of your body, mm-hmm. your body just did some amazing things. You got to take care of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think one of the biggest things that I see is like, well, just from experience, I guess with myself is to, you know, do all the prehab mm-hmm. consistently because, you know, a lot of times, well, what I found with myself was, you know, I would have something flare up with my calf, and then I would be like, "Okay, now it's time to right. start stretching and doing all these different things to mm-hmm. make sure my calf doesn't blow up, right?" And I'm like, "Dre, you're being dumb. Like, you you do this right when it it's about to happen or it does happen. Yep. You need to do this, you know, every single day." Yeah. And that's so, pretty typical. Mm-hmm. I mean, that,
1: that's that's what most of us do. Yeah, This prehab, this stretching, it is boring. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not as exciting. How many times yeah. have you bragged on somebody about their flexibility? Not much. Yeah. Um, uh, how many times have you been bragged on about your flexibility? Never. Good. No one's <laughs> lied to you then. <laughs> yeah. okay. exactly. so, so, you know, those two things, we don't get that extra reward for it. Mm-hmm. But how many times have you been bragged on about your speed, A about wow, your yeah. power, about your performance? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we spend all our time on the things that, that we, we get... A reward from either self-motivated reward or something from the outside. The things that we don't get rewarded are really the things that we should be doing to, to do the preventative stuff, yeah. the flexibility, the yoga, the things behind the scenes that no one really cares about, and they're not that exciting. Right? Uh, but those are the things that if you can be consistent in those uh, preventative things in that recovery uh, area, it goes a long way. For sure
0: well and so actually here's a fun little story for you yeah last last night in my uh youth class they were trying to see who could do the splits oh and so <laughs> yeah and, uh, apparently one of them could do a side splits or something and the the rest of them tried or couldn't and i was like just so you guys know i'm not the one telling you to do this you guys are the ones that wanted to do this and so I did not go down. <laughs> so that would have been a nightmare. Um, but yeah, that was something. Fun that yeah. those, those kids brag on flexibility, I guess, which is right. good. So awesome. Um, you want to talk about anything else with that then with injury prevention?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, as we're getting to this, this is usually an area that people don't like to talk about, mm-hmm. right? They don't talk about it because they know if they've gotten that, it's not very fun. And it's, we try to avoid that stuff. Hey, listeners, if, if you've got stuff going on, those aches and pains, you've been running and you've got something going on that's uncomfortable and everybody else is saying, oh, you're a marathon runner. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. No, it's not. Yeah. Now, there's some discomfort that, you know, as you're going into a run and you're pushing and you've got that lactate building up, your right. muscles are going to burn and you're going to get that type of discomfort. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be hurting from a run. No. Yeah. And, and when you're pushing yourself into that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who do that. Who, who push and then they take pride in how much pain they can endure. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's a period where you're not going to be running anymore. Right. Because yeah. you let all that stuff go on. Exactly. So, and again, I'm going I'm to push this listeners. If you're doing a performance of whatever distance it is, I'm using the marathon uh, distance just because that tends to be very stereotypical of being at a, Push through pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Now we've got a, a, a bunch of examples, a bunch of members who used to be like that, mm-hmm. and then they they broke. Yep. They ended up in here. We start chit chatting about things. They didn't run for a longer than what they wanted to. Not not run. We fixed some things, and now they're back to running and they're pain free. Like I didn't know I could run pain free. Mm-hmm. Everybody told me I had to run pain free if I want to be a marathon runner. I, I've got this pain I got to deal with. Yeah. No, you don't. Right. We got, we can fix this stuff. Um, So if you've got that kind of stuff going on, let's talk. For sure. Um, Absolutely. I'd love to help you be able to do your sport of choice, whatever that is, and enjoy it again Mm -hmm. and not just endure the endurance sport. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that just, it always blows my mind when I hear that. I'm like, how, how do you enjoy it when it, when you're in pain? Like, you just can't. I was like, I don't. I don't understand it, but yes, come see Paul for that. Um, Okay, well, I do have a question from you, for you, from our from one of our listeners. Yeah, so I'm going to try to summarize this real quick. Um, So this is someone that comes to class. What place does the testing that we do serve for the athletes that are in a heavy build, out training outside of um, the classes? So like, and they're asking kind of more of should we sacrifice workouts in here when we have like maybe a long run on a day? Um, she, she said in particular, do we sacrifice the workout to give a hundred percent for um, the testing in class mm-hmm. or what? No. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. So that, so let's, uh, let's put this in context. We've got mm-hmm. adults yeah. who are training for different events, mm-hmm. right? And so let's, let's look at them. Maybe they've, they're within uh, several weeks of, of an event. Mm -hmm. We've got youth who are in in junior high and high school sporting events. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they've in those sporting events they've got track meets, cross country meets, they've got lacrosse games, they've got these sort of things. If they've got a meet or a a big workout on that day, um, no, you should you should not sacrifice it. You should sacrifice what's happening in here. Here's what I mean. So Every time somebody comes in the door or comes into a class, I ask them how, how are they doing mm-hmm. how do you feel how's your body doing um, sometimes that person goes fine, good," and they just kind of walk on you know it's, it's kind of like when you, when you see somebody hey how you doing fine you't really, you don't really care what they were how they were doing right you're mm-hmm. just it's making conversation and right. being cordial when they walk in the door, I care about how, how they're doing mm-hmm. hey, what's your workout today because I want to help you modify that piece. Mm-hmm. So if we've got testing in here on a certain day and somebody has a performance event out there, we're gonna modify the testing, Yeah. okay? Now, if that performance outside there is, is really not um, the priority, mm-hmm. well, then we can modify off that. We know we're gonna be, you know, it, maybe it's a, a time trial that they're gonna, it really doesn't matter, right? yeah. well, then we can mix and match those sort of things. But it it comes down to making a choice Mm -hmm. in terms of, and again, stepping back and looking at the big picture, where does it all fit in? Mm -hmm. And the things that we do in here are are designed to make you stronger, more resilient, um, help your performance and reduce your risk of injury. Yeah. And if we don't look at the big picture, that doesn't happen.
0: Right. For sure. Okay, well, good. And I think you answered the question. Um, That's the only question I have then. Um, I only have one fun question for you today. Uh-huh. That I'm going to ask you: Would you rather lose your memories oh. or lose the ability to create new ones? That's tough. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. I
1: heard it on the way here, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to ask Paul." <laughs> um, so the question is: Can I? Would I rather lose my memories that I have now, right, or lose the ability to make new memories? Correct.
0: And here's the thing I want you to think about.
1: You can still do
0: the new things, right? You just won't be able to remember the new things, but you'll know it in the moment.
1: You know well, what I mean? Yeah, so I, I'd rather be able to do make new memories. Make new ones, yeah. those old ones? Okay. Yeah. Because with that, like, I might think that I couldn't run a certain speed and if I forgot that I was so <laughs> slow, maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe, <laughs> that's yeah, one way to about faster. about it. For sure. <laughs> I guess so.
0: All right, well, cool. I like that one. All right, Um, shout-out segment. I have a person to shout-out today. We have Chris uh, left a comment on YouTube. So shout-out to Chris for leaving a comment on YouTube. And I say that because I didn't know you could leave a comment on YouTube. (laughs) Because I was um, looking at it and tried to see. I was like, where do people leave comments on here? And I was like, I don't think you can. So I looked at the rules and whatnot, and I was like, well, if we make it for kids, I don't think we can. I was like, well, it's always going to be for kids. So, but somehow Mm -hmm. you figured it out. So shout out to Chris. Um,
1: I've got a quick one. We talked earlier today about a couple of my rehab individuals uh, having some milestones today. And so mm I want to shout out to Caprice, who's uh, been dealing with some chronic uh, foot and back pieces and has been told that she's never going to run again and couldn't do all kinds of things. And and she's been told that enough times that she started to believe it. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing rehab now about three or four weeks and you know i've got her jogging and nice. as she's she's not going very long we're, we're going 20 and 30 seconds right so yeah she's you know it, it doesn't uh she still doesn't think it's very long and she's still uh wanting to do longer mm-hmm. but her ability when she started we couldn't we couldn't do that at all mm-hmm. and now she's sprinting in place and she's jogging in place and working on the form and she doesn't have any pain and it's been you know We're way early, and it's just exciting to watch this progress happen. The the smile that she had on her face today, the enthusiasm that she had, and the the outlook of of what she's going to do in this rehab is just so much brighter. It's fun to see that expression just light up.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Next thing you know, she's going to be riding horses with Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's awesome, awesome. Well, that's it for the shout-out segment then. And that's it for the podcast. That's all I have today. So, pretty much it. Um, But thanks, everyone, for tuning in on another episode. Uh, We hope to see you guys
1: next week. Thanks, everybody.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Dre here. I just wanted to say thank you all for being patient with us and listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate all your feedback and welcome it, as always. Don't forget to send me your questions so I can get those to Paul. We haven't had any in a while, so I just wanted to remind everyone. Lastly, we just ask that you leave a review, like, and share the podcast with your family and friends. Thank you all so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.